How about, How about that, that cigar? cigar? Dude, you stepped on my touchdown yes. call. That's unforgivable. Yes. Guys, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. Tuesday night, you know what you love. It is our favorite night of the week. Welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios here at How About That Cigar Live, episode number 76. 76. It is crazy, episode number 76. And as always, like I said, live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And Drew Estate wants to announce the release of the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an exclusive to Alliance Cigar Company. In 2019, Drew Estate celebrated an important milestone with the global introduction of the Acid 20th anniversary. And now the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an Ecuadorian Ecuadorian Connecticut shade offering that will be available exclusively through Alliance Cigar Company. Wrapped in a creamy, smooth Connecticut shade mm, cover leaf over Indonesian binder and rich Nicaraguan filler. Ooh, Broxilla is packed with bold flavor oh, and aroma. Packed. Each 5x54 Robusto is blinged out in chrome foil mm-hmm. and packed in a 20-count box emblazoned with the Acid 20 logo. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com and AllianceCigars.com. So, as always, a little bit of sports talk to get things uh, going. I've got my twin shirt on, unfortunately. Can I, before we get okay. into sports. Oh, he, oh, oh, you, Garrett doesn't want to talk about sports No, no, sports no, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I've, I, I've, I'm already checked out. Before we get into sports, we, uh, we thank everybody for coming back and uh, watching, listening this week. We were off last week and I just wanted to give an RIP to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We oh, weren't yes. able to do that last yep. week. Um, huge news and just uh, the cigars for Ruth, all the trailblazing and all the things that she has done for this country. Um, so uh, now we can uh, get into yes. talking about sports. Well, and, and, and also thank you guys for, um, you know, being loyal. We appreciate you guys tuning in right now live. And, and for those of you who, uh, who left comments and questions uh, last week when I posted the picture just saying we weren't going to be able to have a show. We appreciate that very yeah. much. Um, we're good. It's just, uh, you know, it was one of those things where we weren't able to have a show last week. But we are back better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Twins are in the playoffs. Won the division. Won the division. Unfortunately lost uh, first, game one. first game to Houston today. Um, I'm not going to talk about Houston because it'll – I'm not going to go there. It'll get me on a rant. Um, so, but they, they are looking good. They just, they, they just torched themselves in the ninth inning. Today. The relief pitchers really kind of screwed the pooch. Yeah. Uh, Maeda is a rock star. Yeah, he is. He's great. But and, uh, we just pitched six and a half great innings. Yeah. And uh, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, so, NFL? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. Garrett doesn't want to talk about which team do you root for again? The Vikings. Garrett roots for the Vikings, who are the zero and three. The zero and three Minnesota last Vikings. Place Vikings. And who do I root for? Mm. The Green Bay <laughs> Packers. The three and zero Green Bay Packers. Yep. Yep. So, and this is weird. Okay, so they're. Of all, of all NFL teams, the Bills, Chiefs, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks, Packers are still undefeated. That is the weirdest list. And it is the weirdest. It is, isn't it? It, it is the, really is. The Titans are undefeated. The only other, I mean, uh, the Chiefs, I'll give, you know. I get it. Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Right. I'll give them that. But every other team on that list is like. Well, the Packers, I'm not surprised. <laughs> 
come on, even you have got to be surprised, surprised. A little with three and zero. And and I will continue to eat crow. Um, you know, the entire season, I was thinking the Vikings were going to lock down the NFC North. That um, it was going to be Detroit and Chicago vying for last place with uh, Green Bay. You know, because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just I re- just realized I missed a team on that list, the three and zero list, the the Bears. Bears are three and zero. That's not right. Yeah, the Bears are. I totally forgot that. Uh, so yeah, um, Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup. Very strange. NHL season, but you know, I it's, feel like I don't know NHL team names anymore. The Tampa Bay Lightning, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the the Coyotes, like all of the what? You don't follow hockey anymore. I really that's don't. all right, and that's fine. It's and so for those of you out there who follow your sports, you're really dedicated to your sport, and and if if you feel compelled to put an asterisk on anybody's championship this season just maybe don't do that i don't know i mean these te- these these players i know they make a lot of money don't get me wrong I'm, mm-hmm. i they're not oppressed in any way but what i mean is they work really hard for yeah, these championships do. so you know give them their due even if it's a shortened season even if it's a strange season you know give them give them their due um because they worked really hard for it uh the nba nobody cares what what is the M- yeah? I don't. I'm. Mm. I'm. If you're if you're an NBA fan, you know more power. More to you. power to you. I just. I couldn't care less. College I, I is college watched. basketball. Is that a thing right now? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched basketball since like ninety eight, ninety six, somewhere in there. I just. I stopped watching basketball of any kind. I do the bracket, and uh, like uh, a week or two before March Madness, I'll start to watch some games. Um. But other than that, I I, uh, I enjoy college basketball a lot more than the NBA. I feel like they're hungrier. They want it more. Yeah, I would say if if I'm going to sit down and watch a basketball game, I would prefer to watch a college game instead of a pro game. Um, uh, I can't really say why. I didn't, you know, I graduated from music school. It didn't have any sports program, so I don't have any alma mater with a, a sports program, so. I don't. I mean, I grew up in Indiana, so I sort of have a soft spot in my heart for the, the Hoosiers. But do they have a mascot? The Hoosier. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I mean, my, your high school. My well, my high school. Yeah, my college did not. Your, have your a college. Okay, didn't have yeah, a mascot. My, yeah, it was a music. What was your school, high school so. mascot? <laughs> the Trojans. <laughs> That's so funny you because could... it goes really well with my mascot. Uh oh. The Minutemen. Oh. If you're not familiar with a Minuteman, other than it sounding super funny, it is a uh, it's a patriot basically. Where I have to play this drop just because that joke was that joke was just too much. So, Um, St. Paul Central, we're the (laughs) Minutemen. Thanks for that. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not far off. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's get into some real cigar talk. Guest? After all, this is how about that cigar? Do we have a it? guest? We do have a guest, and as That's always, awesome. as always, guys, our special guest is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. 
Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it gives us great pleasure and great happiness to introduce live to episode 76 of How About That Cigar. Please welcome from Drew Estate, Pedro Gomez. Pedro! Oh, I got it. There we go. What are you doing? There it is. Right, all right. How's everybody doing? Good. Bienvenido. Man, bro, I love your energy, man. This is how a good Tuesday should start. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, this is we we missed. Uh, we have extra energy too because we didn't have a show last week, so we're fired up. And we are, Pedro. Man, we're so excited to have you on the show because very you blessed. Know, you, not only are you, you're just one of those people in the cigar industry, genuinely, brother. You are one of those people in the cigar industry that that is everybody has just loves your energy, loves your enthusiasm about premium cigars as a whole, the premium cigar culture, the premium cigar world, and, and of course, your great love for your brand, Drew Estate. So, brother, welcome to the show. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you so very much, man. It is a pleasure to be with you guys. And as I was telling you guys early, your show is amazing. The amount of mm. guests that you bring to the show is impeccable. Great people and people that love, they truly love the leaf. The cigars that a lot of people enjoy up there. And the beautiful thing about your show, buddy, is that you bring the badass questions, which is what your audience love to hear. So everybody that has been tuning in right here on Facebook and YouTube, thank you so very much. We are with mm -hmm. How About That Cigar. This is Drew Stay. My, my name is Pedro Gomez. And thank you so very much for being with us tonight. Oh, man. The honor is truly all ours. Amen and, to uh, that. We are, we're excited to have you. Your energy and our energy are going to feed off each other, and this is going to be a fantastic show. I can already tell, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Pedro, tell us what uh, what are you smoking and drinking along with us tonight? Well, right now I'm smoking the Underground. Uh, hold on. Let me see. There you go. The mm -hmm. Underground Shady 20th. That's right. how we do it right here. So this one is a really good cigar. It's a collaboration that... Drew State did back in the days, back in 2014 with Shady Records. Shady Records is a, a son of you guys knowing the hip-hop community. It's my man, uh, Paul Rosenberg, who is the president and long-term manager of the one and only Eminem. And when we came out with that cigar, we released that cigar only exclusively for Detroit. So we only pick uh, 10 accounts and we send them Right around 500 bundles. Those 500 bundles were so loud in less than 24 hours. People were calling those guys from everywhere. And it was a, a, a very nice milestone for Drew State. Mm -hmm. because we are not known for collaborations. 
But when we do select and we got the honor to be selected by another company and we see the potential that it could bring to our brands and we could see the excitement that this cigar will bring to the Drew Estate lovers up there, we go for and we go hard. So with Eminem, it was a beautiful opportunity that came up uh, when Paul Rosenberg made Jonathan Drew. And the whole team fired it up from that point on because Jonathan loved hip hop. And who doesn't know Shady Records, you know? Yeah. So when we yeah. came up with the Underground Shady 14, which was uh, Shady 15, I'm sorry. So the cigar, I mean, the people were very thrilled and sold out very quick. And last year, 2009, 2019, we brought Shady 20th and it was available to all our Drew Diplomat accounts across the United States. This year, we brought Shady 20 back, and we did it through Freestyle Life by Drew State, which was a huge virtual life event that, where we had Jonathan Drew, who is the co-founder of Drew State, Willie Herrera, who is the master blender of Drew State, uh, Juan, uh, Juan Martinez, who is the president of Hoya and Nicaragua, mm -hmm. uh, myself, and we are there, you know, bringing the new produce into the market. Uh, we are planning to do the freestyle life every quarter. Uh, and we are very excited, man. You know, 2020 has been very hard for all of us. And I say all of us, including you guys and myself. 2020 hasn't been a joke, but somehow we find happiness and we find peace with this yes and that's what cigars are all about now was that uh was that regular m&ms or was it peanut m&m i'm i'm confused <laughs> man you know sometimes my tony montana just comes out of the window <laughs> and the accent doesn't comes right but yes i'm talking about eminem the one and only from nine miles detroit <laughs> eight mile eight miles there you eight go mile. yeah awesome Very good, man. Well, and I love the collaborations that you've done. Uh, the Shady, I'm excited to get into that one. And uh, some of the Dojo stuff that you guys have, have done, is, is that's been a, a fun ride as well. Yeah, the Undercrown Dogma with our friends from mm. Cigar Dojo and then the, the, uh, the Dogma Sun Grown. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's something about the whole, because before we went live, Uh, I fired up a sun grown because I'm gonna we're gonna get into these shadies and fire them up in in a minute here. But uh, I fired up a nice undercrown sun grown. Garrett fired up undercrown undercrown shade before we went live and Sade. Uh, finishing those off right now. But you know, there's there is something just really special about the undercrown line. You know, mm -hmm. there's something for everybody. There's mild. There's medium. There's uh, and there's full. And um, It's uh, it's, it's a line that, stuff. and it's fun too. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun because there's you know from the shady to the dogma and things like that, and it's uh, it's just a it's a line that uh, is has become iconic since it was released. In, and I want to say, was it 2010 that it was first released? 2010. That's right, man. That's right. Yeah. It's become well, an iconic brand on humidor shelves mm -hmm. since then. It, it will, you know, every every iconic brand the beginnings are very humble so the humble beginnings of underground has been incredible you know and that's what we we all know in drew state and a lot of people that love the underground 
That's the cigar that was born in the factory floor in Esteli, Nicaragua, La Gran Fabrica, Drew Estate. Yeah. So how that cigar came to be and what the underground Maduro brought to, uh, brought to, to, oh, brought to the picture of, brought to the table was the amount of great cigars from the underground family. But the OGs, the underground Maduro, yes, that was launched in 2010 at the IPCPR in Las, in Las Vegas. And the cigar literally took the whole market by storm. And that has to do, obviously, with the quality of the tobacco that we use in this cigar, where we use Mexican San Andres wrapper. We use Habano T52 that, uh, that we use as a binder. The filler comes from Brazil and the beautiful Nicaraguan tobacco that goes in there. So it's a nice medium body cigar. A lot of people will consider Underground to be the prince, while the Liga Privada number nine or the Ligas are mm. the king. But the undercrown deserve the whole spotlight and the yeah. whole red carpet, you know, because the cigar really delivers what we're talking about in the show. And right after that, we have the we released the undercrown shade, which you want my main smoking right there. Nice, mild to medium smoke. Yeah, the shade. That cigar that was the first masterpiece of Willie Herrera working with Connecticut Shade Grapper from Ecuador. And he picked the right tobacco, which is the underground shade. It's like it's a cigar that's very hard to forget, especially guys that are coming into the game, that are trying to enjoy what our cigars are all about. Or even old timers that has been smoking cigar for so many years. You get that cigar in the morning with a coffee, and man, you're gonna start your day right because the cigar is a nice, creamy, smooth cigar. And then we jump to the underground sunground, which is my main smoking right there, Matt. And Matt, what you're trying right there, bro, is a medium plus cigar where we use Sumantra C sunground in Ecuador. And the filler is 100% from Nicaragua. One thing that you will see that cigar different from the underground Maduro is that that one has more body into it, not a strength. But more bad into it. The flavors are right in your face. But the beautiful thing about that cigar is the complexity, man. Because when you're smoking a medium body cigars, you're looking for a, for that complexity that will set the tone beautiful. Mm. Now, this one is a whole different animal. Because this one, bro, you know, shady 20, you know. Very different, bro, from the Underground Maduro. Very different from my friends, uh, Cigar Jojo, which is the Underground Tagman, which I'm about to talk about that one, too. But this one, man, is a little more, more spicy. This one has a more kick into it. I will say uh, a beautiful thing about this cigar is the, the cigar is a Backspress Bellicoso. It comes in a beautiful presentation, which is called, we call them Petaca. And the cigar, man, is very different. We use the same tobaccos that we use in the Undercrown Maduro, but the proportion goes different. Now, the Undercrown uh, uh, the Undercrown Dagma, which is the Maduro version, for me, is the smoothest Undercrown of all. That cigar is smooth, like a smooth criminal. You just don't know until you get it going and the party's rocking. And then you got the... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then you got the latest masterpiece, which is the Songkran Underground Dragma. And that one is a Backspress cigar, 5 by 54 We use uh, the same, not, we use the same, the same tobaccos that we use in the, 
some ground regular uh, brand, but the, 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 the proportion of the tobacco goes differently. And the, tobacco, the cigar is a medium body box press, 5 by 54. And that's what I call a legit undeniable stuggy. That's what a stuggy should look like, you know? Something yeah. nice and fat and juicy and good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pedro, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, um, to get to spend some time with you on Cigar Safari and at a few IPCPR shows and things like that. And I want to, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to, to be able to, to get to know you a little bit, but for, for our people who are watching and listening, you know, give us a little bit of your, you know, your history, you know, what led you to Drew Estate, you know, before Drew Estate, you know, um, tell people, you know, about your cigar experience and if you had any before Drew Estate and, and, you know, your, your humble beginnings at Drew Estate and, you know, moving through the uh, different roles that you've had while you're while you're still at Drew Estate and 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 how you got to where you are today, man, bro. You know, first of all, thank you so much for 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 the question. For me, you know, it is it has been like a dream come true, and you know, in a show like this where the highlight of the show is Drew Estate and everything that we do in my hometown. When people ask me that question, uh, I really, I take the time to really take myself back to the old days and really tell you where I came from. So I came from, before I joined Drew State, I was a saddle maker. I was making saddle for horses, and that was the, 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 the way how I was making a living. And that's how I was helping my family back in my hometown. At first, it was very hard for, for me to... To kind of see what God has for all of us. But one thing for sure was that I was determined enough not to quit my job as a saddle maker and not to quit school. So I was attending to school uh, during, the, during the morning, making saddles during the afternoon, studying for homework and tests at night, and trying to be my best in both words. Not to get fired. And not to uh, and not to quit on, on my school. Yeah. But you know, bro. Every sacrifice that you do in life, God has a beautiful thing for you. And as soon as I finished high school, I didn't have no money, nowhere to go. My family they couldn't afford me, bro, to uh, to 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 feed me. That's why I started to work when I was 11, 11 years old. At that point, I realized how hard life is. But one thing that life teaches you is that you have to learn. Uh, values and you have to get fucking word ethics because when things gets fucking tough you gotta fucking be ready because life is not about rainbows and unicorns and, and butterflies you know life is a whole different zoo up there but making long story short I applied for this scholarship and I was putting all my hopes and all my faith into this opportunity the scholarship was to come to the United States it was a full scholarship paid by the United States government, and the scholarship program was managed by Georgetown University. Mm. The, 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 the major that I applied for was international commerce or international business, and 300 students around the country applied for the opportunity, and only two back in 2004 got the chance. So the program mm. sent me to Iowa, 
I came to this beautiful country, which is the United States, to for a school. I didn't know the language, so it took me around six months to learn the language, which is still up to today, I'm still working on it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh, two years after, I graduated with honors. And one of the things and one of the rules of the program is that you have to go back to your country. If the United States is giving you a full scholarship for you to attend to a very good school, is for you to go back to your community and help your people out and leave your community to progress and move forward, you know? Yeah. So that's what I did, man. 2006, I went back to my hometown, Esteli, and one thing that I knew for sure was that in my hometown, Esteli, there is a lot of cigar factories, <laughs> amazing cigar factories. The baddest cigar brands in the world comes from Esteli. Yep. 2020, that's the story. 2006, that wasn't the story yet. 2006, it was the, 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 the highlight was more about cigars coming from other countries. And without due respect, you know, the one uh, huge uh, country was Dominican cigars. You know, Dominican cigars coming from the Dominican Republic. And then, you know, little by little, things start to happen. Good things start to happen from Nicaragua. But when I joined Drew Estate, before I went to Drew Estate Factory and asked for a job, I went to every single cigar factory in Esteli looking for a job, and everybody say, sorry, buddy, we don't have nothing today. Uh, we're going to give you a call. Obviously, that call never got, you know? Yeah. And I went to Drew Estate. That was my last hope. And I gave my resume, you know, and, and just crossing my finger. I was very lucky to, 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 to get a call from the factory. I got the interview with the operation manager. Uh, and then I got the, the interview with Nicolas Melillo. Oh, Melillo. Oh, Nick Melillo. Yeah. yeah. Right, Nick Melillo. So, you know, they love, uh, they, 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 they love my resume and, and the interview, everything went well. And I remember that Rubio and Nick, they said to me, hey, bro, you know, we like you. And we like your resume. So if you want to work, come tomorrow at 7, 7 a.m. I was like, sure, I'm down. So the next day I show up with a notebook and a pad and I was just learning everything from scratch because it doesn't matter, you know, which university you go. Uh, once you go to a cigar factory, man, you learn everything. You learn everything from scratch. Yeah. You can ask the third generation of guys that are still in the business. They can tell you how their grand grandparents were teaching them how to grow tobacco, how to make cigar, how to ferment tobacco, how to roll cigars, aging cigars, blending cigars in the whole nine yards. So for me, it was an opportunity get into a factory. And I do remember my first position at Drew Stay was I was the go-to guy. I was doing whatever they asked me to do. I was the co Pedro Coffee. I was Pedro Cake. I was Pedro Ice Cream. I was Pedro Purissima. <laughs> And six months after, that's when I learned how to drive. I was Pedro's driver. Okay. <laughs> so I was all, you know, just running errands for, for the factory. And a lot of people that, you know, they were working in the factory, they were asking me, so man, what the fuck are you doing here, man? I know you for years. You, you, you know, you went to, to the estate for school. So what, do, what are you doing here? But at this one thing that they didn't know was that my background coming from a settled shop. It's like coming from hell, bro. 
You know, if you really have to come to work from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., sweating like crazy the whole day under the sun, how much it will take you to start from an entry level in a small cigar factory? Because what is Drew Estate nowadays, it was not even close what Drew Estate used to be uh, 14 years ago. And I said, well, Pedro, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing your best. This is a formal job where you have a, 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 a you have insurance, you know, they pay, they pay you every two weeks. Yeah. Well, in the fact, well, in this, in the saddle shop, I was waiting for somebody to show up and buy a saddle so I can get paid. You see yeah. how it goes. So at that point, bro, year, a year after they promote me to be the operation manager system. So I start to work very close to Manuel Rubio. I start to work very close to Nicolas Melillo. I start to, uh, and then uh, two years after they promoted me to be the director of Cigar Safari, I start to run the Cigar Safari program since day one. Back in that time, Jonathan Drew was giving me the tours, and I was, you know, listening to everything with Jonathan, how Jonathan was presenting the factory in a marketing level. Yeah. As well as Steve Sackham, as well as Nicholas. For Nicholas, I, were, I was learning all the techniques about the broadleaf and the tobacco and how we cure and ferment and, and store tobacco, making cigars and all the stuff, you know. I was learning from Marvin Samuel, who was the co-founder of Drew Stay as well. And beautiful thing, man. But one thing that I was doing while I was the operation manager assistant and while, uh, while I was the go-to guy, And still, while I was running Cigar Safari, I was asking questions, man. Because when you ask questions, especially the guys that they have been doing something day in and day out, wearing Maduro tobacco. Why do you wet that tobacco? How do you wet that tobacco? What are the techniques that you use to wet that tobacco? Let me tell you something, bro. The knowledge that that guy knows, not even the CEO knows that. Because there is a lot of detail-oriented operation that for me, it was a Harvard University. So I started to learn everything, absorb everything. And when I got the chance to give the tour to the backpackers, because it was something very good too, I love that shit, man. When it comes like giving you the tour, man, <laughs> if I'm going to give you the tour a true stay, I'm going to, after the tour is over, you are going to be breathing, living, and dying through stay. Yeah. And that's what my life has been all about. If you're going to do something, go with your heart first and do your best. So yeah. I would give the tours to the backpackers, And they thought that it was going to be a 30-minute tour. Now, motherfucker, with me, five fucking hours. I'm going to take you to every area. I'm going to teach you everything about every single cigar. And I'm going to really let, uh, make you believe what Drew Estate is all about. Because it's not just about Drew Estate, bro. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I, just, I don't want to make it so hype and stuff like that. It's about the cigar itself. Everybody loves cigars, but only few people up there, they do know how much does it take to make a cigar. How yeah. much does it take? How much work goes in every single leaf? Forget about the grapper. The grapper can be beautiful as the Miss Universe face, but every single leaf counts. And at the end of the day, if every single leaf counts, all of those leaves, they, they work as a dream team. Because yeah. every leaf complement each other. And I don't even want to go about wh- what the vision of the brand is going to be, 
why, why are we making that cigar for? What is our production capacity that we have in the factory? What is the, the raw materials that we got available? Who are going to be the people that are going to be making that cigar? But most importantly, who is going to be blending that cigar? Or who's yeah. going to be blending those tobacco? That is so freaking much. But it's good when we got people that comes out of the blue and say, man, I love Drew Estate. I was like, thank you so very much, man. It means a lot to us because yeah. if somebody loves something, that person will suggest that product to somebody else. Oh, you yeah. never suggest something that didn't give you pleasure. But if cigar gives you pleasure, that's free happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's so right. uh, we got a couple of viewer questions, and one of them, it goes back to before cigars. So Josh wants to know, from start to finish, how long did it take you to make a saddle? Oh, from start to finish. Well, that's a good question right there. Well, let me tell you something. It took me quite a some time. <laughs> I would say to learn how to make saddles, it took me two freaking years. Mm. Those two years, I dropped out of school because my goal was to become a saddle maker. And it took me too long because I was r running the errands for the saddle shop. So I was in a bicycle running errands. I was, I was running errands like 20 errands a day. You know, carrying glue, carrying leather, carrying all the different stuff. So it was quite short time that they were like teaching me something, teaching me something. So I say, man, you know, I don't want to spend my whole life running errands and, and, and learning this thing that is taking me forever. I'm going to go back to school. So when I said to my boss, hey, sir, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm going to go back to school and say, hey, Pedro, you know, thank you so very much for your hard work. You know, I don't want to I don't want you to go. So you can you can still come to the saddle shop, not running errands. I'm going to give you a table, a knife, and you're going to be making saddles now. I was like, wow. So that, that way you can help yourself. Yeah. Even though they will be a part-time job, but I know that you can help your family as well. Sure, man. So so how long does it take to make a saddle, man? Uh, it takes up to three days. Oh, wow. From start to finish. So I was making uh, two saddles a week. Okay. And, I, and when I was working full-time, when I was working part-time, I was just making one saddle a week. Okay. And from that little money, I was making sure, you know, covering all my expenses, helping my mom paying the, the bills. Yeah. And fucking making shit happens, bro. Because yeah. sometimes people tell you what happened, but guess what? And fucking Nicaragua, you got to make things happen. Nobody's yeah. going to help you, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So Christopher wants to know who rolls a better cigar, you or Jonathan Drew? And also who can roll more? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chris. What kind of question is that? You know, Chris Gomez is my distant cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. He's my, so he's, he's my distant cousin because he's from Hawaii. Matter of fact, he's in Hawaii right now. So he's Gomez with S and Gomez with C. I don't know, man. So my dad has something to do right there. <laughs> but yo, Chris, what a question, bro. I will tell you like this, man. When it comes to who can make the best cigars, the people that, that could make the best cigar, it's not going to be myself. I'm very sure that Jonathan knows the basic techniques, and I'm very sure that Jonathan knows how to make a cigar. But the guys that is going to make the best cigar is the guys that... That's what they do for a living, cigar makers. 
Cigar maker, that goes day in and day out. Those are the experts. Yeah. You know, and those are the people that make the whole company shine. Those are the people that make the whole brand shine. Those are the people that pave the path for a retailer to bring the cigar brands into the store. And for me, those are the people that really I give all the credits to them. So I don't want to be, you know, the Mr. Know Everything. I do know. I, I can tell you one thing for sure. I do know the basics, how to make a cigars, how to roll a cigars. But everything is about practice, bro. If oh, you yeah. give me a table and a couple leaf, and probably the first cigar is going to be ugly as my face. <laughs> probably 10 hours after, after, you know, maybe 60 or 80 cigars or maybe 100 cigars, that last one is going to be fucking Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So, Pedro, you grew up in Esteli, correct? That's right. Yep. All right. And growing up, what was the cigar? Um, I know in 2006, it was just starting to kind of hit Esteli. Um, you go to school, you come back, and you start throwing your resumes at all of these factories. At that point, what was your cigar experience? What was your knowledge of cigars, and what did cigars look like for you at that time? Well, you know what, brother? That's a great question. Uh, 2006... Obviously, I was fresh from school, and I had a lot of dreams in my suitcase coming from Nicaragua. I mean, coming from the United States back to Nicaragua. The only thing that I knew was that we have tobacco fields around Esteli cities, and another thing that I knew, outside of every building, if there were like a hundred bicycles, that was a cigar factory. Yeah. I didn't know nothing else. I had a older. I, I have my brother who is the oldest one. He was working for uh, Torano Cigars, mm -hmm. and the company used to be called Latin Cigars. So he was making those Torano, but he was just a bonchero, you know. And I, I remember that I was. Uh, I my mom used to send me to the factory to drop the lunch, you know, for him to have something to eat, and that was the only thing that I knew. And I saw some people smoking cigar here and there, but. When I started to work for Drew Estate, that's when I started to see, first of all, how a factory operates inside. I didn't know nothing about the market. I didn't even have any clue how a cigar store looked like. That was later on in life, 2011. That's when I first came, you know, in 2007. But that one was for the IPCPR. And then at that point, I was like, man, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, 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 you know, as in Esteli, we only knew how to make cigars, how to grow tobacco, but 99% of the population, they just don't even have any clue. Yeah. And I'm telling you with, from my own personal experience, they just don't know what this market is all about. You know? Yeah. And they, uh, one thing, which is, I'm going to take the time right now. This year, I was doing a cigar safari in Nicaragua that was in March, right before the whole pandemic started. Yeah. I took this group of guys to the Esteli Museum. And then there were these guys, you know, they were touring the museum. They were getting this the history of Esteli and the whole nine years. And somebody from the group at the end of the tour asked this old lady. And he asked, hey, so 
what do you think about the cigar industry and do you and how important is the cigar industry for you guys? Obviously, this guy's question and his point was to kind of has a feeling based on the threat that we got going on with the FDA regulation and taxes that are yeah. happening pretty much every day right here in the United States. But something that give me that that really throw my soul out of my body was when she come out like this. Well, the cigar industry is very important to all of us because it provides a lot of jobs. And we heard that Nicaraguan cigars are one of the best in the market over there in the United States. Man, th at that point, bro, my whole skin got chilled. Yeah. And I was like, wow, she's absolutely right, man. She's yeah. she's absolutely on point. Because for somebody that have never left Esteli, the city, and she only see that there are new factories open up. There are factories that they are throwing the uh, announcement on the radio that they are looking for workers. That tells you right there, you don't have to be a, a scientist to, to see that the industry is growing. Yeah. When, I, when, when I joined the industry in 2006... Nicaragua was not in the map. But once the guys start to come up with amazing cigars and the old timers were keeping that quality and that consistency as the best, I will tell you the pioneer and the role model and the icon of Nicaragua without disrespecting anybody, Jose Orlando Padron, Padron Cigars. You yeah. got other people like Gilberto Oliva, you know, Oliva Cigar Companies. Mm -hmm. You got great brands nowadays that are coming up into the market, but that guy has been a huge player in the industry, which has been Nestor Placencia, the Placencia family, amazing cigars, you know, that they got going on right now in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, you got uh, Nick Perdomo, uh, Joya de Nicaragua, uh, Naxa Cigars, And, you know, I don't want to leave anybody behind, but there are so many. Don't so right around Pepin Garcia, there you go. My father, you know, AJ Fernandez, bro, amazing cigars. Yeah. All those guys, they start to put great product in the market. So the market start to switch little by little. What people used to enjoy, like a mild to medium cigar, now they are enjoying more medium body, medium to full, heavy Full heavy stuff, and all the heavy stuff, full body stuff, comes from tobaccos that are sun grown in, in my country, Nicaragua. And then 2011, it was madness in town, especially in Esteli. There were a lot of people coming into the country, bringing their own cigars, and that was where the boutique cigar concept was born. Right around 2010, 2011, the whole market was shifting. You know. Big companies that say, man, what the hell is going on? You know, because at the end of the day, you got um, uh, you got, uh, you got good relationship with your retailers, you know. Everybody's fighting for shelf space in the business world, uh, market share, you know. And at the end of the day, is who is making the good stuff. It's not about who's making the loudest noise because the cigar is sell by itself. So that's when things started to switch and that was the time where drew state was coming along coming along drew state was growing drew state was growing 2007 uh we moved to the new facility drew state one 2013 we uh we opened drew state two which is the tobacco warehouse right across the street 
2000, when was that? 2017, 2018, we did the grand opening of the Drew Estate 3, which is another tobacco warehouse because we have outgrown the factory. When we built Drew Estate, we were thinking that we were building the biggest factory. Back at that time, uh, it was one of the biggest. And then we have to add more buildings into it. And right now, Drew Estate is, uh, uh, in a very humble way, we are the largest cigar factory in Nicaragua, but we run the oh, yeah. factory as it is a boutique cigar factory. Yeah. And that's how you have those beautiful fucking shady 20s, <laughs> underground Dagma, Liga Privada, Asi Cigar, Isla del Sol, Factory Smokes, Nica Rustica, uh, uh, Kentucky Fire Cure, Papi Van Wilco, and all those crazy cigars, Serie Unico, Yiro Durad. Bro, if I can keep going and going and going and going and going, but at the end of the day, it's about everything is about pleasing your customers. And that has been our approach. Another approach that we have done is about experience. What do you do to create an unforgettable experience and something that has to do 120 fucking percent with your cigar brand? And that's one of the things when you're talking about cigar safari, the baddest trip of the cigar trip to go to Nicaragua four days and three nights. You go to Hoya Nicaragua factory, the oldest cigar factory in Nicaragua. We take you to the tobacco fields. We take you to Drew State Factory. We do a blending section. You take 10 beautiful cigars with you, which is your prototype, your personal blend. We got plenty of cigars for you guys to smoke while you guys are in Cigar Safari. Plenty of booze, Flor de Caña, Tonya beers, and amazing food, bro. Nicaraguan cuisine at its finest. So right there, you create an experience that people will be like, Bro, no matter what, I have to go back next year, but next year I'm going to bring my everybody. Yeah. And that's how the barn smoker came to be. And we uh, grew the barn smoker that nowadays, I mean, unfortunately, 2020, we couldn't done none. Right. But uh, uh, we have 800 people in every single barn smoker in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Florida. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll say that My first trip to Nicaragua was for a cigar safari. And this was in 2015. Um, I was a very active member on Cigar Dojo. Mm -hmm. And they put together a trip and asked, you know, members of the app who wants to go. I immediately raised my hand. Uh, fortunately, was one of the first people to raise his hand and got a spot to go. And it really is true that that for for somebody who really is a hobbyist in premium cigars like we are and the people who watch this show and listen to this show, it really, as much as we love these products and we love to smoke these cigars and we love to sit at the cigar shop and have, have conversations and watch the game and talk shit and things like that. It really is an eye opening experience. It's, it's an experience that, that gives you, it gave me a, a deep love and appreciation for the entire process from, from the seeds to the farms, to the curing barns, to the fermentation rooms, to the sorting rooms, 
to the factory floor, the, the, the boncheros and the roleros, and then the sorting of the cigars, the color sorting and the, and the, the blend testing, and then the, the banding and the boxing and, and the artwork and everything that goes into it. It was a completely transformative experience for me. And it made me want to even go back again. So then a few years later, I went back and went to the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival and got to go to many cigar factories. And I got to go to small cigar factories that have the, uh, that are the size of a garage that have six or eight people working in their rolling cigars and, and then medium sized factories all the way up to Drew Estate. And it's, um, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it, it, if anybody, you know, anybody who's watching and listening, when when things in the world open up again and they're able to start doing cigar safari programs again, or even if even if you can't make it to Nicaragua and you can only make it to a barn smoker, the the it's it's worth it for you to go just to see the process and get your hands in you know get your hands in the tobacco and get and and see the process with your own eyes because. It's it really transforms the way that you think about these, you know, because we we just we take the cigar out of the cellophane and we cut it and we light it and then we enjoy it. But to see everything that goes into this and this this shady 20, by the way, is it's raping our faces. It is so deep and heavy and thick and strong and and flavorful and sweet and spicy and everything in between. It's super good daddy thank you thank you so very much man and you so so my first experience you know at cigar safari you know and and having you and henry take us through the tour and um just seeing everything and learning the process appreciating the process you even helped me with my blend thank you for that (laughs) with my blend and um it, it it's just if Anybody who's watching and listening, if you're able to go when things open up again and they're able to start, and that's actually a question. Do you guys have an idea in your heads when you might be able to start doing cigar safaris again? My man, well, you know, that's a that's the one million question. And that's a question that everybody's asking now, just here in, in the cigar industry. Now, not just ourselves. The whole world is asking that. Right now, my friends, you know, we just don't know. Yeah. We are just waiting. Uh, one thing that we did as a company is that since March 12th, I got an email from the CEO, and he's mandatory. Everybody's working from home from now on. So we've just been working from home. We cancel all our events right here in the United States. We cancel all our barn smokers. We cancel all the cigar safari. And check this out, man. In March, nobody knew, nobody knew what, what this COVID-19 was all about, you know. And still, right now, we don't even have no clue when this thing is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just hoping for one of those uh, major companies like Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson come out with the vaccine or, or Moderna, you know, or, or any antibio, or I mean, any medicine that could stop the whole thing getting spread. Yeah, uh, It might take quite some time, you know, maybe uh, mid-2021 or late-2021 when even when everybody get the, the shot and st- you know, and we think that we are kind of good to go, there is going to still a huge percentage of the population worldwide that are going to be afraid to travel. 
So the whole cycle thing is going to take quite some time. So yeah. what right now we are doing, we are just implementing our resource and our energies and how we can still bring the experience, still bring and show that through state madness. But in the meantime, we're like, hold on, give me one second. I just want to be, I just want to be, give a quick shout out to my man, Rich Lai, who is tuning in from San Jose, California. We love you. My man. I love you, brother. We Cheers. are right here representing. We got Queen, my brother from North Carolina. So, so yeah, man. So when it comes to Cigar Safari, man, everything is about time. We only thing that we got to do is do it right and do it responsible. So hopefully yeah. mid-2021, late 2021, we're going to have Cigar Safari, and we're going to have Cigar Safari better and stronger than ever. Yeah. So – do you know, have you kept count, how many times have you given the Cigar Safari Tour? Do you, do you have a number? Do you remember how many times it's been? <laughs> it's got to be Man. 100, right? Well, let me tell you something. 2015, brother, that was the last year. The year that you went to Nicaragua, that was the last year that I was doing the Cigar Safari Tour. At okay. that point, I passed the torch to Henry. Yeah. And because one thing that happened was, when Drew State moved me to, in 2013, two years before, I started to do cigar events for Drew State. And then they started to see that the events were turning to be very good. People that, that I was hosting then in Nicaragua, they were hosting my cigar events in the United States. People that were attending to the trip from the shop, they were attending to the event. And obviously, I was there to teach one thing or two about Drew Estate Cigars. And the whole thing, this turnout, the events, they were very good. And that was when Jonathan said, hey, bro, you know, I got a tough decision to make. I still want to have you in Nicaragua run the tours, but I fucking need you right here doing events as well. Yeah. So uh, 2015 is your last year doing Cigar Safari, train Henry to take the torch from you and, 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 and you know, let him do his thing. Well, it was cool for me because on our tour, ours was in, it was, it was late in 2015. So it was November of 2015. And we, it was good because we got both of you because you mm-hmm. were, still, you were still training him. So we got, we got, you know, we got the full Henry experience and we got the full Pedro experience. That's and right. it, it was great to have both you guys with us. Definitely. No, now, mate, it was my, so let's go to your first premium cigar. Oh yeah, let's um, let's uh, let's go down that road a little bit. Um, had by the time that you were putting out your resume to all these companies, had you been smoking premium cigars at that point? No, man, I wasn't smoking premium cigars at all. I was smoking cigarettes. Like I mean, in Nicaragua, if we smoke tobacco, I mean, I don't smoke cigars anymore. I quit it like maybe quite some time, you know, a couple years ago. But back in the days, it was smoking cigarettes, you know, like that's what we do in Nicaragua. My first, the first time that I smoked a premium cigar, uh, one misconception that I had was that cigars were very strong, very spicy, super pepper. I was like, man, how the hell those guys smoke that cigars? Oh, well, you know, I didn't have no clue. So when I joined Drew Estate, they said to me, hey, bro, uh, since you're going to be working for us, you have to be smoking cigar. I was like, bro, just give me anything to smoke. 
<laughs> <laughs> and then one thing that they did, which was the production chief, Don Luis, that's his name. Uh, Luis run the production floor in Drew State and say, you know, one thing, Pedrito, that you got to do, you got to, well, in Nicaragua, we don't have these tools, okay? We do it with the nail. You got to take the cap with the nail, and then with the beep lighter, we don't have this torch either, you know? So you got to light it like that down. You don't have to inhale the smoke. You have to keep it right here, and then you blow it, you know? And then you somehow you're going to find it. You're going to find it good. I was like, sure. And you know what? You should start with this. They gave me the Cuba Cuba as the cigars. <laughs> and wow, I was like, holy smoke. Man, I didn't know that the cigar tastes like this. Yeah. And then I was smoking Cuba Cuba for two years in the road. It was Cuba Cuba or it was Blondie. And yeah. to me, man, it was a perfect smoke right from the get-go because it wasn't that strong. And even to talk about acid cigars, acid cigars by far, man, is what you call, and I love that one, an iconic brand. Everywhere you go in the United States, you got to see acid cigars. Yep. A retailer wants to sell cigar, he better have acid cigars. Yep. Everybody that comes to the cigar store, uh, a good smoke to start off is acid cigars. You know, I start off with this. And then people start to enjoy those cigars. Before you know it, they just move from infused cigars to a mild traditional cigar, you know. And yeah. then uh, to me, man, it was something really good. Now, the first time that I, uh, then the, when I smoked uh, something more heavy was when we were uh, making the prototypes of what, it, what is nowadays Liga Privada number nine. Oh, yeah. Cigar was holy smoke, <laughs> amazing, super yeah. fucking delicious, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. So crazy, man. Good, good times. And yeah. you know, one thing about cigars is that I mean, we have met so many great people smoking cigars. And come back to the question that my man asked me right here: uh, 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 great people that you meet great things that you learn from having good conversation with people, you know, uh, uh, but one important thing that cigar lets you have it and enjoy it is that everything is stopped. Yeah. When you are smoking cigars, mm -hmm. because one important element about smoking a cigar is having the goddamn time. If you don't have the time, don't even light it up. You're going to ruin the experience. You have to have the time. And when right. you have the time, Take the, the cigars, you know, take one puff at the time, like you are drinking your whiskeys. It's when you realize how beautiful life has been has been been to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and you start to get some kind of appreciation and that relaxation that became so a very undescribable feeling that make you feel happy, that make yeah. you come back and always mm -hmm. come back to the same spot or maybe always go back Every Friday, right on your porch, and you can be smoking and pairing with something good, or you can be smoking a cigar, having a cup of coffee. You can have a cigar with your old man, or maybe your any friend, or maybe by yourself, and you start to realize, man, life is hard, but it's not as hard as other people might think. Right. Life feels yeah. beautiful. Yeah. When yeah. I, I want to go to and talk about, uh, you started with Cuba Cuba. And blondies, and 
I work at a brick and mortar shop every once in a while. And I had a customer recently who said, you know, where would you rate acid cigars and where would you rate Macanudo and where would you rate, you know, and had me rating all these cigars. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of premium cigar smokers who say that, you know, Cuba Cuba and Macanudo and, you know, handful of other companies are these entry level cigars. And I want to challenge that a little bit and say, um, for many, that may be true, but for a vast majority of premium cigar smokers, that's their, that's their jam. And there's nothing wrong with that to, um, you know, shit on somebody for liking, enjoying whatever premium cigar it is, is, is bullshit. This is a premium product and they're all fantastic. Um, Absolutely, man. And so the fact that you started with Cuba Cuba and Blondie and you've graduated, do you ever go back to uh, Cuba Cubas or Blondies or anything in the acid line? Once in a while, you know, when I'm hanging out with people that they don't smoke cigars, you know, and I want to smoke something that is not going to offend other people. One question that I get, man, what the hell is that? If I'm smoking acid or tobacco special or fucking dead wood cigars, oh my God, I want some of that. Yeah. And that's boom. Now, going back to that, to the challenge thing, which I really like, uh, Jared, is that a lot of people might consider acid cigars or macanudos the entry-level cigars. But what about if we don't have any of those entry-level cigars? Mm-hmm. Where are the people going to start off smoking cigar? Uh, if you have, you know, which is going to be very painful. If I bring somebody to smoke a cigar with me, obviously I will never recommend Liga Privada number nine. That would be way <laughs> too much for that person. Yeah. And if I do have some Opus X, uh, I don't want to waste that cigar in that person. That's right. that's, no, nothing about it. That's Forget right. about Padron 1926, you know. That's it, right. It is, there, there are certain cigars for certain palate and certain time and certain frying frying time. Mm-hmm. And when you start, it's like drinking, you know. When you start off maybe back in the days with mild beers like all Milwaukee, you know, <laughs> but then back in the days, bro, once you start to experience jingling, which is one of the best beer in the world, yeah. that's when you start to know holy smoke. And then you start to jump to those IPAs and those stops, you know, beautiful beers that so fucking nice and beautiful when you are drinking it, you know. But you have to learn the appreciation. And yeah. how you learn the appreciation is time and time again, step, step by step. And there's going to be people that enjoy their rolling rock and, you know, and and that's their, and that's what they smoke. And same thing with cigars. They, you know, they find Macanudo, they find acid, they find desert rose, they find whatever it is. And that's their cigar. And same thing with food. There are people who, you know, only eat a certain cut of steak or only, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's what they do. And that's okay. You know, not everybody enjoys uh, a huge variety. I'm not that person. Matt's not that person. You know, we love variety. We love different flavors. We love different smoking experiences. Um, But that's not everybody. That's not the entire industry. Don't shit on somebody else for loving what they love. Well, and even, even for me, when it comes to infused cigars, 
I don't reach for them very often, but just last month or the month before that, recently, I fired up a tobacco special. Yeah. And I, lo- I like to do that from time to time. I'll fire up an acid every once in a while. I'll fire up a tobacco. I'll fire up a Isla del Sol a, and, and just something or the uh, the leather rose I just yep. I just uh, just had recently. So uh, there's Java with coffee. I don't think there's anything. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with with mixing it up a little bit. I mean, sometimes I'm going to usually I just drink black coffee, but sometimes I'm going to go and I'm going to get uh, ice mocha. You know, it's 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 all good. Just it's it's about like Pedro, like you said, it's about the experience. It's yes. about stopping what you're doing and sitting down and just focusing on the tobacco and focusing on the smoke one puff at a time and just kind of let the world come to you, you know? Absolutely. That's a beautiful line right there. Yeah. Let the world come to you. I'm going to steal that one, okay? Just yeah. for the record, to keep it straight, I'm stealing that line. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stole it anyway, so it's, you can steal it from whoever I stole it from. So... Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how 2020 has been weird. So talk to us. And this is one of the things we've liked to get to understand from cigar companies out there is we have helped, we've all had to adapt and change the way we do things as far as in, the way we interact with our customers, the way we interact with our retailers. So what has, what has Drew Estate done during 2020 to, to change the way they do things to to adapt and uh, come up with new ways to connect with the people who love your products and connect with even new consumers? Man, that's a great question. Well, first of all, you know, life is about changes. And life is about adjusting yourself and your mindset. So when this whole thing started, it took everybody by surprise. But it's about waiting what's going to happen. And another thing is about thinking what you can do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the old days were already gone. So one thing that we kind of, we, 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 we didn't kind of figure, we come out with that, was that, you know, uh, coming out with uh, virtual events, the famous Drew State virtual events where we have amazing swag, okay, where we send uh, uh, all the merchandise that the retailer is going to need to the shop, and we broadcast our virtual event on Facebook. Nobody has the formula. We fucking figured it out, and we are still learning how to do it better and better every time. But my first virtual event was in, on May 1st. And from May 1st up to right now, I do one or two events a night. I'm always on Facebook uh, doing events, promoting events, promoting through stay, teaching people one thing or two about cigars, reminiscing all those brands that probably some of the people that are in the event already forget about it, let them come back, keeping the brand relevant, keeping, you know, our cigars and people's memory and, you know, the, the whole platform of virtual events, which we didn't exist before, it has been working very good for us because we have been connecting with people that we have never talked in the past. We have been connecting with new cigar smokers that, 
they have been stuck at home and they heard that his body loves cigars and bro, you should try Drew Estates. And, and you know what? Matter of fact, you should come to this event where Jonathan Drew is going to be there and they start to hear the man himself, the man yeah. that create everything. He, they, the guys start to listen to uh, Frank, uh, Frank Moreno, which by the way, mm-hmm. every Wednesday at 7 p.m. we have sticks and sips right here, buddy. Sticks and sips, Frank Moreno, he brings... All those ambassadors from the liquor industry, bourbon, whiskey, beers, wine, you name it, we got it. Even moonshine is in the house where we got people that comes and tell you everything about it, man. And we are pairing those finest drink with Drew Estate cigars. So at the end of the day, you know, we pivot our way how we do business. And it was about, you know, if there is a crisis, we have to figure it out. What can we do? And at first it was, we were very conscious and very uh, aware that the whole thing was going, it was getting ugly before it was getting beautiful. But we also knew that there were people up there that they, they couldn't get their cigars. They were people stuck at home. They didn't have nowhere to go. So in order to bring entertainment, you have to do something. If yeah. we wait for COVID-19 to go away, bro, we are in fucking September and we don't even see the head and the tail of the fucking thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know, you know? So well, one thing that we know is that, and one thing that I just want to say right here live is that I would like to thank all our retailers that has been taking the opportunity to give us the shot, to bring us with the our virtual Drew Estate event. All our end consumer that has been supporting the breaking motors, buying cigar from them, and everybody that comes to the cigar store that, that that buys a cigar, you know, they don't have to buy a box. You don't build a, a company moving containers. You don't build a company moving master cases. You don't you don't build a brand selling boxes. You fucking build brands, timeless brands, one cigar at a time. Yep. One cigar at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So of all the of all the brands, all the the facings under the Drew Estate banner, is there one one cigar that you find yourself reaching for more than any other Drew Estate cigar that you just you just can't get enough of that you find yourself smoking every day? Undercrown, brother. Undercrown. Undercrown. And let me tell you why. Why Undercrown? I will say Undercrown because Liga is Liga. Liga is in a pedestal that the cigar sells by itself, you know. The cigar is extremely good every time that you cut in light. But Undercrown is a cigar that has his own vibe, you know, that can reach customers that have never smoked that cigar. And besides that, Undercrown, because we got three different Undercrowns in the Undercrown family. We got three different uh, collaboration, amazing collaborations. And in 2018, I got the honor to carry to all my virtual events uh, the Undercrown Manifesto. At that year, the Drew Estate gave me the chance to be the ambassador of the Undercrown Cigar Line. And to me, man, the Undercrown has so much to offer. 
But of course, I'm not going to steal the thunder from Herrera Esteli, amazing stogies as well. Mm -hmm. And the acid cigars and the whole and every, all those different cigars that we make. All right, we might have a little bit of a tech issue, so uh, pause momentarily. Um, so, well, he's still going. Is he still going? Yeah. Oh, now he's froze. Never mind. Yeah, we're delayed a little bit on our phones. Yep. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a technical glitch. That's all right. We'll get things back up and running here in just a minute. Um, so. Um, Garrett, you have not had a chance yet to, uh, you know, take the trip over to Nicaragua. And I'm thinking that um, sometime in the uh, in the near future, 2021, yep. that uh, we're going to have to make a we're uh, going to go down, make a special. How about that cigar trip? Yeah. For a cigar safari, because it's it's just a I mean, I I it's a trip that I would want to take all the time if I could. There's. There's something about being in the factories and the farms and the curing barns and stuff. I mean, all the stories that you tell, I, I just, uh, you know, when we're talking to our guests, I'm, you know, I, I want to be able to, to smell the smells and, and feel all the things and experience all of those uh, things that, that you talk about and, uh, you know, really be a part of that. Because I know that, that, you know, like you said, yeah, we cut and, you know, we, we light and we taste the cigar. And even though we might have a, uh, a good understanding of the process, you really don't until you're in the factory and um, you're able to experience it from the farm to the roller to, you know, and seeing some of that. So yeah. I'm excited to experience that. Well, and any, anybody who's watching, you know, give a shout out if you've been on a cigar safari and what your favorite part of it was. Um, for me, I think my favorite part was, you know, getting to actually sit down with all the in the room, the blending room with all the different tobaccos there and and put together a cigar. And, and again, uh, Pedro helped me a lot with uh, um, with my blend. And, and I smoked it. I got to smoke that. Yeah. Once. And it's it's sort of a that's fun. It's sort of a tweaked. Um, Norteño, it's it's got a lot of similarities to the Norteño. The the wrapper and binder are the same, uh, but I tweaked the fillers a little bit um, on it, and it's um, I still ha actually have a few left from uh, back in 2015, which I should fire one of those up. I have to find them; they're probably buried in an mm -hmm. aging box in the back of my humidor somewhere. Uh, but I have to find those. But the uh, um the blending part of it is just an absolute blast. And then, and then afterwards at the, the very last evening of cigar safari, they, they present you with your cigars. Uh, and it's, it's just such a cool feeling. Yeah. I, I can't wait to be a, a part of that process and, um, you know, hope to be able to see the drew factory to see all the boutique factories and you know i'm i'm excited to to experience that for sure uh pedro uh, he, we're texting right now he he lost his internet connection so he's trying to reconnect right now um this this shady 20 oh my gosh is uh, i mean so my first the first time i ever had an undercrown was the corona viva um mm. sometime around i want to say it was sometime maybe around 2015 or 2014 the first time i tried a corona viva my first Drew Estate cigar, actually, 
was not an acid. My first Drew Estate cigar was the, um, the I, I think I'm saying it right, the La Vieja Habana. Oh, I remember that cigar. Um, and, hey, we got him. We got him back here. He's back. All right. I'm sorry about that, buddy. Now, you hear me nice and clear over there? Yes, sir. Doing, yes, yep. sir. Sorry about Very your internet. Good, Roll with the punches, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, if we got, if plan A doesn't work, guess what? With me, I got plan B, C, D, all the way to Z. So, yeah, man. So, bro, it has been uh, has been quite a quite a show right now, but it has been great, man. I just hope that everybody that is watching this show has been enjoying you guys. And I have oh, yeah. a great time right here. But let's keep going with this. Yeah, absolutely. So, so now we're gonna move into um, we're gonna move into a segment that we call our smokabulary word. And as always, smokabulary is brought to us by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So this week's vocabulary, I'm mixing it up a little bit. Um, this week's vocabulary word isn't actually a word. It's a letter. And the letter is V. So, and what I'm talking about is a V cutter. So there are many different ways to cut your cigars. Uh, like Pedro said, in the factory, people don't have cutters. You just use your thumb, thumbnail, your fingernail, and you and you take off the cap that way. But, you know, from straight cutters, like Garrett's showing a straight cutter right here. That's a guillotine cutter. Very standard. It just cuts straight across the cigar. But a V cutter is very popular. Uh, it's just a little different way to, and there are a lot of people who prefer the V cutter method, um, saying that it gives more surface area to the cut. Um, I, I I cut cigars based on whatever I happen to have on hand. Uh, this is a Calibri V cutter that's very popular. Uh, so you know, uh, it's just another way to cut your cigars. And, oh, let's see if we got this other connection here. Hold on, that, that's me. Hold on, that, that's me. Yeah. Hold on. That, okay, let me just leave it right here. There we go. Boom. There we got him back. There you go. Yeah, and I I favor, I actually prefer yeah. the V-cut. Yeah. Um, that is my go-to cutter um, until Matt, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, got us some of these cutters. Yeah, so we... Nice. Uh, our, my buddy, my buddy Zane at uh, at Blind Man's Puff uh, clued me into that because th- this is a cutter that I I liked a lot and um, I was looking for a new one because mine was starting to get a little bit dull and Zane clued me into there's a place on Amazon where you can get these laser engraved so I got them laser HBTC there so uh, got a, and and this is a it's a Visol cutter it's only about twenty dollars or twenty two dollars. And it's uh, it's a very good straight cutter. It's very sharp and cuts very accurately. Um, it's just the it's my go to everyday cutter. But Garrett's go to everyday cutter is definitely this Calibra Calibri V cut. It is. That's a good one. That's a 
and I've had, I've had, I've had my V cutter for, I don't know, a couple of years now, still sharp. And, um, I wish I had it on me to show you. It looks beat up, but it is, uh, it's a fantastic cutter. I love a V cut. No, that's good, bro. No, when it comes to cutters, man, you know, there's certain cutters for, ter- for certain cigars. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Not every cigar works with that V cut. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think big, big ring gauges, if you get above maybe a 54 ring gauge, I think a V cut works really well mm-hmm. with a yes. with really large ring gauge cigar. Yeah. And I also love them on, you know, any of the pyramid shape um, cigars. Um, big fan. And, you know, Lanceros. Yeah. Very good, man. Those are All really right. good. So let's move into this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right. Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissonant, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. All right. Uh, Pedro, as we explained uh, early um, off air, we, uh, we give, so I give a number and it's up to you and Matt and the viewers to guess how an average of 400 people a year in the United States die. Uh, this, I'll, I'll give a, a couple other things. Um, it sends about 2,000 people to the emergency room every year, but 400 people die from this. In the U.S. In the U.S. Okay. I just, so you want me to guess what are the calls that they die for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we get to play 20 questions with a guess. So the number is 400 in the U.S. And as always, viewers, if you have guesses, leave me in the comments. Um, 400 people every year in the U.S. die from this. 2,000 are sent to the ER because of Man. Okay. Kind of know what it is. Go for it. Yeah, bring it, man. Uh, maybe a snake bite while you're fishing. <laughs> That's good. Uh, actually, we also <laughs> have a, a viewer, Josh, also guessed snake bite. It is not a snake bite. Not snake bite. All right. Is this... Um, uh, are these typically grown-ups or kids or both? Uh, it Almost... It's ninety uh, percent or better adults. Okay. Um, are we talking recreational activity? I I would not call it a recreational activity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's vague. Not recreational. Is it workplace? It can be. It can be. Um, it can. Oh boy! Yeah, Uh-oh. there's no help there. Um, I will say that uh, again, we are not in the medical field, so it's not an illness or anything like that. Not an illness, not a disease. Yep. Um, you gotta be a prescription drug. <laughs> <laughs> no drugs. Overdosing on Advil. Overdosing Viagra. 
<laughs> fucking get a heart attack, you know? <laughs> no. Um, uh, is it uh, related to fire? Mm-mm. Um, are vehicles involved? They are not involved. Oh, man. Striking out at every turn. Tools are involved. Tools are involved. Mm -hmm. Cutting trees? No, I did do that one uh, about a month ago, and that's 100 people a year. Well, you got Joshua saying falling. Yeah, is it falling? It is not falling. Tools, tools are involved. Mm -hmm. um, is it related to electricity? Mm -hmm. It is. Yes. Oh, making electricity con electricity connection. Technically, yes. There you go. There but you go. <laughs> we're gonna get more specific. Ah, oh. more. Okay. Um, Stealing How? your neighbor's electricity. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is normal in Nicaragua, by the way. <laughs> so, is it like adding a? Is it like adding a breaker to your breaker box? No. Um. Oh, thunder! No, well, it's a tool, it's a tool, right? I was thinking about lightning, lightning, but no, lightning. You can be walking in the street, and then you you toast, you know? Right. Is it taking uh, the cover plate off an outlet? No, because I figure sometimes, you know, yeah. somebody lets the screwdriver slip and it goes right in the right in the outlet, which I may or may not have done. I just did that recently. <laughs> um, all right. So electrical shock. Mm -hmm. It's not from adding a breaker to a box. It's not from removing an electrical plate. Um, this is something that you do at home? Mostly, yes. Like a homemade type of project type of thing? Yep. Is it from like a, uh, a broken charging cord for your phone? Ooh, no. No. Uh, think outside of the home. Outside of the home. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Christmas lights. Ooh, that's a good one. No. No, not Christmas. Damn it. Um, Josh says installing ceiling fans. It is not. Not that. Outside of the home. Think outside. Um, like... It, running extension cords for your some people use corded uh, like trimmer, no nope. gra grass trimmer. No, again, go back to tools. Well, grass trimmers. Yeah, I know, but think of uh, um, I think of uh, if uh, if somebody needed to uh, install a irrigation system. In their in their yard, what are they doing? Oh, when they 
Oh, did they hit uh, underground electrical? Yeah. No way. It's for people who are digging and they didn't they didn't call to have their utilities marked. So about 400 people a year die from digging in their yards and uh, hit a power line and die. Damn. That's insane. Yeah. They were digging, but they got digged in Zilf. Man, that must be a fucking nice wake-up call, man. Once you got like a fucking 300 balls going all over your body, you know? Yes. Oh, man. And I can I can relate. Not that I, I haven't done that from digging in my yard, but um, many, many years ago, decades ago, I, I was in construction and um, a very, it was a, it was a heavy kind of a construction site that uh, there were these massive groundwater pumps to because uh, we were pouring concrete deep underground and there were these big groundwater pumps to get groundwater, groundwater out of the way so that we, and they were running constantly even in the winter mm-hmm. uh, and uh, when they would freeze up at, or if it was time to remove those groundwater pumps so that we could backfill around the foundation, we'd have to, because they're groundwater pumps the size of a car. I mean, they're massive. They move 40,000 gallons per minute or something like that. So you hook up a crane to the groundwater pump to lift it out of the way, but there's this massive uh, power cable. And uh, we were chipping away at this power cable. Guys down below, because it was frozen in the ice. So guys were down below chipping with these massive steel bars, Mm -hmm. chipping it out of the ice. And I was on top of the foundation wall pulling this big, thick, heavy, powerful cable, which was, of course, still connected. <laughs> and I'm pulling it over my head to get it out of the way while they're chipping it out of the ice. And I didn't realize they had cut the cable with one of their bars, oh. one of their pry bars. And I grabbed onto the open uh, connection and uh, spent spent some time in the ER yeah. that night. Wow. That was and I, true story, I proposed to my wife the next day because <laughs> I was like, okay, life is short. I, I got to get, right. get this done before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was a good one. That, we, that was one of the toughest ones we've had, but that yeah. took a lot of questions to get yeah. there. That was wow, man, that's crazy, man. 400 people a year. All so right. call before you dig. Call before you dig. <laughs> and that is this week's. Numero de los muertos. (laughs) All right, Pedro, a little bit of fun lightning round questions. So if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Oh, Hitting your toes of one living person for 10 minutes and who wouldn't be and why? Yeah. Man, you got me. You got me in that one, buddy. I got so many uh, role models. Some of them are dead. Some of them are still alive, but 
Man, you know, I will. <laughs> I got it. All right. Ready for this one, bro? Yeah. I will fucking hear Jeff Bezel. Oh, oh Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And why? Because that motherfucker has been changing the world. Amazon has become a humongous company. Diversification is in their fucking DNA. And I would like to get the toes of the founder and where the whole thing came from. Yeah. Why not? Why not learn from the best? Absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah, that's great. All right. So if you were about to get into a fight, mm -hmm. what soundtrack music would come on? Tupac, bro. Tupac. Tupac. Nice. That's <laughs> perfect choice. Perfect choice. <laughs> All right. So choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher in baseball. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman in American football. You could score a hockey goal as the goalie, or you could score a soccer goal as the goalie. Uh, that's the only sport right there? Yep. Choose, choose one of those. Uh, I will say score a soccer, soccer ball. Yep. yep. Very popular answer. Yeah. Coast to coast. Coast goal. to coast. All coast the way. Coast to coast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pedro, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is brand new to premium cigars? Somebody who's just getting started smoking premium cigars. Simple like that, man. Smoke what you, smoke what you enjoy. And then don't let anybody interfere in this new hobby. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, don't let them interfere. Because we all have family members and friends mm -hmm. who are, they're very anti-tobacco. They, mm -hmm. they don't understand the fact that cigarettes are completely different than premium cigars from, from the way they're consumed to the health risks involved and all that. Um, they don't understand and enjoy your cigars. Don't let, right. don't let people, I, I like that, Pedro. That's really good. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. So, so, um, we're going to talk about our notable smokable of the week. And, uh, Pedro, this is something that we do each week. Uh, Garrett and I name a cigar that we've smoked recently. That was interesting to us. Um, for you, obviously, um, everybody that we interview being from different brands, you obviously smoke, um, Almost all Drew Estate, but do you ever get a chance to, you know, go outside of the Drew Estate catalog and smoke some things from other companies? And if so, have you done so recently? And what was one that was interesting to you? All the time. Okay. All the time, man. And I mean, there are so many great cigars that have been smoking lately, like Oliva Melanio. That's a really good uh, one. Uh, AJ Fernandez. Uh, uh, I think it's called... Horas, hold on, Be Bellas Artes. Oh, oh yeah, Bellas Artes. Bellas Artes, very Bellas good. Artes is really good. Yeah. Uh, well, well, oh, Don Pepin, Don Pepin Garcia yep. from My Father's Cigars. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Alma Fuerte from Nestor Placencia. Oh, oh yeah. That Mi Querida oh. from Steve Saka. Mm -hmm. Tabernáculo Red Label. Uh, Skid Martin, uh, what was the name of that one? Neanderthal. Uh, there you go. That, yeah. that one. Man, you know, so many, bro. There's so many great cigars up there. Oh, 
Opus X Blue Label. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Oof. yes. So um, my notable this week um, was the new uh, new from Diesel Cigars, our friend Justin Andrews, the Diesel Esteli Puro. So a new cigar, um, really super bold. It it really it tastes like Esteli tobacco. It it's really got that characteristic Esteli dark, you know, rich flavor to it, and um, I enjoyed that one a lot. I always good, man. And um, I had kind of a rough week at home and wasn't able to have cigars for a while. And finally got a night, got a little fire going, and um, I kicked on a uh, Balmoral, Connecticut, and Yeho. Yeah. So really, good. really tasty, man. Yep. Yeah. Very good. So um, for our viewers and listeners, we want to give you an idea of some stuff that we have coming up in the near future. Next week on October 6th, I can't believe it's October already, guys, coming next week. So we're going to talk to Phil Zangi from Debonair House and Indian Motorcycle Cigars next Tuesday night. Uh, the following week on the 13th, none other than Pete Johnson from Tatuaje Cigars. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about the new, uh, new monster release, the, uh, uh, the Karloff. Uh, that's uh, coming soon. And then the following Tuesday night on October 20th, we're going to talk to Spencer Drake from La Familia Robina Cigars. Uh, so very excited. This will be his first time on the show. Um, so, Pedro, give all our viewers and listeners, where is the best place for them to get the latest and greatest info on Drew Estate? Oh, very nice, man. That's a good question right there. So for everybody out there, all our viewers and listeners, First of all, thank you so very much for keep tuning with us right here. How about that cigar? It's an amazing cigar show. These guys are the best MC ever in the industry. You guys come out with the badass question, and the guests that you guys have are top notch. Phil Sangi, man, I got so much uh, respect for Phil. Uh, Pete Johnson, wow, another icon in the industry. So you guys are doing amazing things. Uh, everything when it comes to Drew Estate information, go to www.drewestate.com. Download also our Drew Diplomat app, okay? Follow us on social media, on Instagram, Drew Estate Cigars, on Facebook, Drew Estate Cigars, or call us the hotline, which is the customer service, or send us an email if in case, in case you ever find an issue in any, in any of our cigars, which is nice and simple, Help at DrewEstate.com. So that's how you can find us. You can find me as a Drew Estate Pedro on Instagram and Pedro Gomez Rodriguez on Facebook. I'm all, all in when it comes to cigars and you just want to keep everybody in the loop about all the stuff that we got going on in the Drew Estate world. Nice. Uh, Pedro, brother, we are so thankful to have, yeah. that we had you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and we wish you guys the best for the rest of 2020. And uh, we hope that once people get healthy again and, and we, can, uh, we can actually get together again, uh, either in Esteli or somewhere in the States, we can, we can uh, sit down together and enjoy a cigar together. Mm -hmm. well, thank you so very much, guys. From the bottom of my heart, it has been a honor to be in your show. Knowing the, the, the celebrities that you bring from the industry to your show. So in a very humble way, very grateful. Thank you so very much. And God bless you guys and your family. Okay. 
All right. Thank Thanks, you so brother. much. You as well, man. For all our viewers and listeners, as always, if you have any questions, email us directly on the website at howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on social media at HBT Cigars. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Night, though. See you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. <laughs>